Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Evan, welcome into the SB Nation NFL Show here on Monday, Football Monday. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Victory Monday, so it's hard to complain, but... When you're a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, you can always find room. But Bucks have a greater than 99% chance of making the playoffs, so I'm happy. There you go. Taking the positives there. I like that. Final score, Bucks 31, Falcons 27. But things were looking real hairy there for a while. And this was a tale of two halves. So we're going to separate those halves as we talk about them. What went wrong in the first half? That led to the Falcons holding a 17 to nothing lead over the Bucks at half. It was the Falcons' pressure and how Raheem Morris disguises his blitz and uh, defensive. I guess he's the defense, defensive coordinator for the Falcons, Jeff Ulbrich. Um, but I talked about it all week long on BucksNation.com and on my podcast. Was that if you go back and watch the tape against Minnesota, yes, Tom Brady was not sacked at all, and he was only hit I think three times in that game. However, you could see the Bucks had issues identifying where the Vikings were bringing the blitz. And that's one thing Bruce Arians even talked about leading into the Vikings game was how they had the Vikings have a good blitz package, so on and so forth. So the thing I kept stressing, especially once Donovan Smith was ruled out, I believe on Friday, um, was that Tampa Bay is going to have to find a way to communicate and they're going to have to find a way to figure out where this pass rush is going to come from. And that's that's exactly what they didn't do in the first half. Bruce Arians even said at halftime, they're not communicating properly up front. We've got to fix that. And then he even said after the game that they fixed those issues. And then you saw, even though Brady still got hit a little bit in the fourth, you saw them able, or you saw Brady rather, able to stand back and deliver balls and not be under pressure. So it was easily just a mix up of communication up front, the Falcons bringing pressure and the Bucks just not executing as well. So it was a, it was a collaboration of a lot of things. But definitely it was the pressure on Brady that really screwed things up in that first half. Yeah, the pressure packages were definitely more effective in the first half. But how did things unfold overall in the game in the second half to make this comeback even possible for the Bucs? I understand it's the Falcons and this this (laughs) stuff types, you know, it happens. But like, you know, still a lot of things got to go right. What went right for the Bucs in the second half? Absolutely. You had like zero margin for error. And that's one thing I tweeted out at halftime was. This first half was an absolute disaster. The only optimism I can offer is that the Bucs are playing the Falcons. Um, <laughs> and they finally got the pass protection issues down. Um, and then they kind of figured the Falcons out on defense. The Falcons were max protecting a lot and just getting guys open. The Bucs have issues with max protect to begin with. Um, obviously, there's that great debate going on right now, whether a pass rush means more or a secondary means more. In terms of the Bucs, in terms of their context, they've got to have both working. Um, especially with Vita Vea out. Now, granted, secondary probably means just a little bit more, but if one's off, chances are the other's not working. And if you're max protecting and the guys aren't getting home, then odds are the receivers are going to be open. 
Tampa Bay did catch some breaks in that second half, too, as great as they were. Atlanta dropped a few balls. Matt Ryan missed a couple passes, a couple open reads. So it's not like it was all bucks, even though they looked magnificent. But I think it was just more about settling things down at halftime. And Tom Brady and Devin White, as odd as this is for them to say after the game, they both said that they came out flat a little bit in the first and turned it up in the second half. So what take that for however you want. But really feels like Tampa Bay just settled down and kind of realized what they needed to do. And also, it kind of shows the difference between Dirk Cutter and Raheem Morris, why they currently are an interim coach and, you know, a recently fired coach as opposed to Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. Yeah, that is correct. And you mentioned Tom Brady, who went off for 390 yards, two touchdowns in this one. Big old <laughs> stat line for uh, for Tom there. And look, with the Saints losing to the Chiefs, the Saints failed to clinch the NFC South. They have the Vikings and the Panthers remaining. They are on a slide, however. The Bucks had the Lions and then the Falcons again. So if the Saints lose out and the Bucks win out, the Bucks can take the NFC South on the last day of the season. Sticking with what the Bucks can control, let's make a prediction here. Do they win out in those last two games? I'm still going to say yes. I am petrified of the rematch with Atlanta now, <laughs> but Detroit, they just, they can't really slow anybody down on defense. Stafford's beat up again, mm-hmm. and Kenny Galladay's probably not going to play, even right. though Marvin Jones is a very good receiver. Questions in the backfield, Frank Ragnow on his fractured throat, who knows if he comes back. So I'm confident about the Lions game, not so much about the Falcons game, but if I was a betting man, which on Sundays I am, I would say take the Bucks. <clears throat> excuse me, in these last two games. Yeah, I would say take them as well. But I am still pretty concerned with the Bucks overall and how inconsistent they are at this point in the season. My feeling was coming into the season that they would figure things out as things came along. But look, should I be this concerned? And if not, sell me on what makes them prime for a serious playoff run. No, you should be concerned. I'm not going to blow smoke or anything like that. I thought for sure after they came out of the bye week, that they would be setting the world on fire. I figured they would kind of go in that bye week, figure things out. And then especially with the upcoming slate of opponents, that these four games, it's the NFL, nothing's easy, but it would be relatively easy for them to take care of business. It's these slow starts that scare me. It's why I'm selling them is because, listen to these numbers. In the playoffs, this is not going to work against a good team. Now, maybe the NFC East opponent, if you get that fifth seed, maybe. But in the first quarter, Tampa Bay has the sixth lowest yards per play, the second lowest first down percentage, and they uh, have the second most punts. They're about mid-pack in terms of touchdowns scored in the first quarter. On defense, they have the third highest yards per play allowed, the eighth highest first down percentage allowed, most touchdowns allowed, the sixth fewest sacks, and they're like mid-pack in turnover percentage and mid-to-pack in forced punts. So the offense and the defense aren't getting it done early in games, and that is something that has bled throughout the entire year. I don't know why that is. I'm of the mindset at this point in time that this team just comes in with a bad game plan, and to their credit, they're obviously adjusting enough to win. Playoffs are a completely different animal, and with a roster that has – very little to no playoff experience. I mean, obviously you got Brady and JPP who kind of tip the scales, but those are just two players. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the postseason with this team for sure. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts.